Corinne Jean-Pierre praises the Biden administration for its diversity. Pete Buttigieg finally visits East Palestine. Plus, the IRS prepares to target Americans for audit based on race. All that and more. I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour. God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Friday. I hope you had a great week. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre and what happens when people are hired based on factors other than race. Now, you may be thinking that hiring based on merit is the way to go, that if there's an important job, the qualifications to do that job might be something to consider. Well, you'd be wrong. And Joe Biden's White House is the perfect example. The administration puts identity politics ahead of everything. Just look at this exchange during the White House press briefing regarding the search for a new Fed vice chairman. On the uh, search for a Fed vice chair, can you talk about the decision-making process there with regard to how the president is considering uh, diversity? Uh, There's been some pressure from senators to name a Latino candidate. For example, how much, how important for is it to the president uh, to name a woman or a person of color uh, to that, that job? So the entire topic of filling a leading monetary policy position comes down to race, ethnicity, or sexual orientation. And this gave Jean-Pierre the opening to state that while a Biden administration is completely incompetent, it sure is diverse. I want to take the opportunity to, to lay out uh, what, how diverse the president's cabinet has been, how diverse the president's administration has been. Uh, the cabinet is majority people of color for the first time in history. The cabinet is majority female for the first time in history. A majority of White House senior staff identify as female. Forty percent of White House senior staff identify as part of the racially diverse communities. And a record seven assistants to the presidents are openly LGBTQ+. My favorite part of that statement is that a majority of White House senior staff identify as female. See, nowadays, you can't even say, are women. Nope, they identify as women. Of course, this statement really brought out the criticism on social media. The Hodge twins responded by posting, how many people are actually good at their job? Zero. None of this bleep matters. In response to that post, there was a great comment that points out that in this whole push for diversity, the left never ever considers diversity of thought. I bet they wouldn't give Ben Carson, a noted neurosurgeon and a heterosexual black male, a job in their cabinet. Fox News's Katie Pavlich posted about the diversity hire and even drew a response from Elon Musk. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre says the next Fed chair will be hired based on how diverse they are, not strictly on their experience with monetary policy. So, good luck with that, America. To which Musk responded, maximum skill with monetary policy is extremely important in this role. A bad Fed decision affects the lives of everyone. The fact is that when you hire to satisfy identity politics, you get people like Corinne Jean-Pierre, who is widely considered the worst press secretary ever. Current National Security Council spokesman John Kirby would make an excellent replacement, but unfortunately, he's a straight white male, which makes him more toxic than East Palestine, Ohio. Okay, next let's talk about Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on, 
That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Next, let's talk about Mayor Pete, who finally visited East Palestine three weeks after the massive train derailment and environmental disaster. From the very beginning, residents were asking questions and being ignored. Rather than addressing this dire situation, Buttigieg was making unrelated diversity statements like this. We have heard way too many stories from generations past of infrastructure where you got a neighborhood, often a neighborhood of color, that finally sees the project come to them, but everyone in the hard hats on that project looking like, uh, uh, you know, doing, doing the good paying jobs, don't look like they came from anywhere near the neighborhood. Right. Well now, a day after former President Trump visited the area, Mayor Pete finally arrived, and the entire event was ridiculous. And by the way, criticism isn't just coming from the right. I do think it's great that Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, is there. Probably should have taken three weeks for him to be there. Um, you know, he said, look, you know, some people just show up and it causes a distraction. That's true for a president, perhaps, but it's not true for a, a transportation secretary. Once Buttigieg arrived and did his tour in his designer boots, he finally addressed questions on his delay. Was it a mistake not to come here sooner? You know, what I tried to do was balance two things. My desire to be involved and engaged and on the ground, which is uh, uh, how I am uh, generally wired to act, and my desire to follow the norm of transportation secretaries, allowing NTSB to really uh, lead the initial stages of the public-facing work. The public-facing work? Buttigieg is the public face of transportation. Thankfully, reporters continued to press him and he even offered a smirky apology. First tweet expressing concern for the residents of East Palestine a week and a half after the accident happened. In hindsight, was that waiting too long to express anything hours after you had addressed the makeup of work crews on highway construction projects just that very day? The answer to your question is yes. I felt strongly about this and uh, could have expressed that sooner. Again, I was taking pains to respect the, the role that I have and the role that I don't have, but that should not have stopped me from weighing in about how I felt about what was happening to this community. It doesn't matter what he thinks his role is or isn't. That's just an excuse for ignoring a situation because it doesn't tick any of the boxes of the Biden constituency or left-wing talking points. All right, next there's something sinister going on with Joe Biden's IRS. And guess what? It has to do with targeting people based on race. Yep, the party of diversity and inclusion has no problem using that concept as a weapon, and now it's coming to the IRS. Recall earlier in the week, I talked about Biden's new executive order, which would push diversity, equity, and inclusion programs into every federal agency, including into artificial intelligence. Well, according to the organization America First Legal, that executive order means that audits and tax enforcement decisions will also now contain a racial element. There's no doubt that this is highly illegal, but unless there is a pushback, policies like this will continue. Here's America First legal president, Stephen Miller on the program. What do we mean by equity? This is the left's umbrella term for its Marxist ideology based on race and gender of discriminating against American citizens because of their skin color, their ancestry, their citizenship status, their religion, or their gender identity. That's a great summary. The left wants to normalize discrimination, put in programs that exclude members of society based on race or religion. In the case of the IRS, America First Legal believes that the IRS's algorithm will be altered, 
since Biden's EO calls for examining all algorithms to illegally operationalize racial quotas and or requiring agents to use inputted race and ethnicity data to ensure racial equity. Here's more from Miller. We at American First Legal, we're gonna do all that we can. We've already just issued a Freedom of Information Act request, a FOIA, as part of an investigation into the Treasury Department for race-based tax auditing. Can you believe it? Could you even think we're even having this conversation? And what you're gonna see over time is that people whose only skill set in life is their loyalty to the DEI cult being promoted ever further and higher in government and amassing ever more power. This is Marxism, folks, and that's what this DEI push is all about. We need to get back to merit, achievement, and effort, not punishment or promotion that has nothing to do with the job and everything to do with advancing a leftist agenda. All right, next let's talk about former President Trump who this week did something that the current president hasn't done. That is, visit East Palestine to survey the disaster and meet with the people. And let me be the first to say something about this trip or any trip like this. When a disaster hits, people want to believe, want to feel that those in power understand what they are going through. They want to see and hear from their leaders. Now, as Biden and Buttigieg ignored the situation, the left tried to dismiss the importance of the trip as a photo op. Friends, trips like these are only photo ops for those who are cynical elitists like the ones calling it a photo op. Case in point was Trump's trip on Wednesday to East Palestine, and the town was blown away with some moved to tears because Trump came out to visit, bringing with him truckloads of water to help the community. Here's Trump. Uh, your chief and your police and your uh, mayor and everybody else have done incredibly, and Bill, J.D.'s been here for four days. I've been watching him every day. J.D. Vance has been incredible. To the people of East Palestine and to the nearby communities in Ohio and Pennsylvania, uh, we have told you loud and clear, you are not forgotten. You are not forgotten. We stand with you, we pray for you, and we will stay with you in your fight to help answer and the accountability that you deserve. We'll have that accountability. It'll all be out there very clearly. This is what people needed to hear. And while Biden is off in Ukraine and a host of other places instead of East Palestine, Trump was there. Senator J.D. Vance is there. In addition to the water, Trump treated all the firefighters to a meal at McDonald's. So everybody, um, enjoy your meal. And we're going to get the meals from the fire department. Hello, everybody. What's your specialty? Hello, everybody. In Trump's speech, he noted that Biden and FEMA initially rejected any support or aid for the town. Trump said he was going to go visit, and the administration suddenly changed course. Trump does visit, and suddenly Pete Buttigieg visits. And the contrast was just striking. In one case, you have someone who is truly comforting the town. In the other case, you have a photo op. Okay, so we've seen Corinne Jean-Pierre, Pete Buttigieg, and a radicalized IRS. We need to ask them... Do you have a relaxed brain? I got what you call like, I don't know, a relaxed brain. First on relaxed brain, we have Kamala Harris, who has become a regular relaxed brain contributor. This time, Harris was speaking about HBCUs, or historically black colleges and universities, and was talking about the divine nine black fraternities and sororities. On the list of family to me, I said, my divine nine family. And 
there were people looking at each other, what's divine nine? And I thought to myself, you about to find out. <laughs> but there you go. What was that? But that's not all. In this same speech, Harris went off again on her Venn diagram kick. Think of it then in the context of like, I like to think about a lot of things in the context of a Venn diagram. I love Venn diagrams. Always ask, is there a Venn diagram for this? I'm telling you, it will, it's fascinating when you do. So Venn diagram, those three circles, right? Okay, what can you even say? But then let's talk about the notion of racist parks. That's right, apparently parks can be racist. According to a recent panel discussion of professors titled Queer Ecologies Panel, one panelist said that urban parks such as Central Park can be gendered, racialized, and organized by heterosexual capitalist norms. Wow. And then there's these breaking headlines from the Babylon Bee. Family that can't afford groceries comforted by fact we have most diverse administration in history. That was perfect for today's episode. And then how about CNN's Don Lemon, who accused Nikki Haley and nearly all women of being past their prime. Don Lemon returns to work disgusted to find female co-workers even older than they were last week. What an absolute goof. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And remember, today's show's One Sheet is available to Patreon supporters using the link in the description. The One Sheet gives you the links to all the videos and stories used on today's show, so you can dive even deeper into each issue. And with that, our next show will be Monday evening at the usual time. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.